we're going to keep walling through our, our NBA previews. Um, I want to talk about the Atlanta Hawks for a second, right? What's, what's the, the future for them hold? So, obviously, the DeJounte Murray move was, was quite big. They, they, uh, they had a ton of pieces there. And I think one of the interesting things that they did was they thinned down their rotation a little bit. And sometimes it's good to kind of consolidate when you can, right? So getting a, a future pick from the Kings for Kevin Herter, for example, I, I think is quite smart. Um, as good as Herter is, you have Young, you have Bogey uh, on the roster. Um, Herter signed to a big contract. You know, he was rumored before. You're going to have to pay a bunch of these people later. DeAndre Hunter is going to be pending restricted free agent. Uh, so it makes sense to me to move Herder and, and, and start building up some picks. Because, again, you used picks to trade for DeJounte Murray. So now you're going to need picks back. So that, to me, makes a lot of sense. Um, uh, still a couple of things that are intriguing with the team. So one is their forward situation. So in order for Atlanta, I think, to really... I would say uh, take a couple steps back, take a couple a couple of steps forward. Is they got to address uh, a few situations. First of all, it's like four or five rotation needs to be still cleaned up because Hunter to me is far better suited as a small ball four. And if you have Capello or Akungo at the five, that could kind of work with them, right? Now Dejounte Murray is real interesting to me as maybe a opposing guard with Young. You have a couple of guys who could penetrate and create, uh, and, and Murray's going to be able to defend you know, other guards, and he's kind of big. But now with Herder gone and Bogey there, it's a little small, right? So what makes Murray special was his ability to play point guard, really, at that size and be a two-way tower to defend both, both opposing guards. You're not getting the full value with him not playing point guard. Now, now I'll caveat that because he is going to play more of a combo guard role where he's going to have the ball in his hands, and that's going to allow Trey Young hopefully to play off the ball, and then he'll be able to hide Young defensively. So that that works. But now if he's the three, you know, now he's got to have to make up for uh, a less-than-stellar defensive backcourt with Bogdanovich in there now. Okay, so... And now you can flip the other way. You can say, well, Aton, okay, Bogey's going to come off the bench and be the backup combo guard. Fine. That means Hunter's the three and Collins is the four. So it's not ideal. Look, ideally, they'd have moved Collins for a three, a two-way three. And that would have cleaned up a lot. Now, they did get, um, you know, they did pretty well in the draft. I have to, you know... Um, Look at that a little bit, but um, well, we can look at it real, real quick in in, in real time. Um, first, so they get AJ Griffin, who I think is, is going to be great for them. Okay, uh, really, really good pick. And if Griffin does anything, so now your lineup next year is pretty much going to be, I would say. You know, it, it's pretty good. Young and Murray, Hunter, Collins, Capella, and your rotation, basically, your, your backup combo guard is more or less bogey. And that's actually good because now DeLon Wright is going to play less. And I liked Wright, but at the same time, you know, now you're going to have be able to play two of Murray, 
Young and Bogey. That's pretty damn good. Um, and now your your wing rotation is basically, you know, now you have A.J. Griffin there who could play a little three and four and, and, and maybe even a little two and have um, Hunter and more small ball four lineups. And they have Jalen Johnson there as well who played kind of well at Akugo. So it's a cleaner rotation. It's about a nine-man rotation. Uh, maybe right makes a ten. It's pretty good. For them to really, you know, hit it on the head, I think if they move Collins for a um, for a three, that that's really going to catapult this team. Now the question is, and I and I do think, and the, here's the more important thing with Atlanta, and I, I know it's going to sound like blasphemous, or whatever, right? So you have talent, okay? At a certain point, you have to really ask yourself about Trey Young, because if Trey Young is truly an all-NBA talent, which the the box score statistics suggest, the Hawks should have been a better team. Well, why? Well, the rest of the team is pretty talented outside of him. So what's going on? Well, I'll tell you what's going on is you have a lot of these top-tier talents in the league who now build up themselves in a crazy PR way, make a bunch of all-star teams, etc., and are just one-way talents, right? And there's a list of these guys. Honestly, there's there's a there's a freaking list, and I'll tell you who's on this list. Uh, it's Carl Anthony Towns, Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell to an extent, right? Great offensive talents, but they give it up on the other end. Um, there's a few other ones like Zach Levine could be in there, right? I'm not saying they're not good; they're just one way guys and Trey Young. And the one way guys you have to really evaluate further because like they're they're what's helping you, but there's also they're also what's hurting you and they're a positive net value for their team, but their market value, by the way, Bradley Beal could be another one, but their market value is way better than their book value, way better, because they're such good shooters and they put up such gaudy offensive numbers and they've built up such a strong PR thing for themselves. And that's kind of what happens. So, look, again, if you're smart, and you know this as a team, you max out those guys in hopes of, you know, a team trying to do any more. Utah's doing it right now with Donovan Mitchell. And I think if if Atlanta has a down year, they got to consider doing it with Trey Young. All right, so now let's finish on the Hawks, right? So I, mean, I think, like, this is what happens. A GM gets enthralled by, you know, one of his own picks, right? So... It, sometimes it's hard for the GM to separate from their, their darling, right? This is like their kid, okay? And I do believe that's the case with Trey Young because what happened with Trey Young, as we all know, it's one of the crazier draft day trades when he got moved for Luka, okay? And everyone was like, you know, well, Atlanta didn't do so bad there. Um, and, and he needs to defend that for his own PR and his own career, right? The problem is, and also he, he's been riding that, I think. Like, Atlanta's been really happy. Look, Trey Young cat helped catapult that franchise. It's true. Like, they were a second-round team in the bubble. But, you know, as we've seen from a few teams in the bubble, and the Knicks being one and a few others, they had a down year, right? Let's just be real about it, okay? And the down year show they're closer to 8-10 to 10 range. So what Schlenk did was, Schlenk, you know, sometimes you create your own, um, you 
create your own lofty goals accidentally, right? So by overachieving in the bubble and, and making it all the way to the conference finals, and I think a little bit of luck, right? They, they put against a fluky Nick team, which shouldn't have been there. They uh, beat a Philly team, which just the wheels fell off. Um, so, look, it's a conference finals run. I get it, but you have to look at, like, if things happen, and you have to be objective to yourself. Like, Atlanta now is still envisions themselves as, like, a 4-5 team. So I think they did these trades in mind to get back to the second round and then help catapult from there. The problem is, and, like, look, the value they got for Murray was, was still good. Like, Murray's a good player. And that's a good young player to have on, on a – Good contract and all that. So I got no problem with Murray. I probably still going to be with Trey Young because you have to do all these things now to hide him defensively, right? And, um, you know, can you build a, forget a contending team, like a longstanding really good team. A really good team to me is a 50-plus win team that consistently at least makes the second round. With Trey Young getting the usage that he gets, which is fine, but needing the minutes he gets and all that, and then, you know, building around it. You have to, like, there's so many things, you know, it's like it's like he has, you know, there's this great piece of steak, but there's this massive bitterness to it, and now I have to add all these sweet sides, which, you know, overcompensate for other flaws on the plate. And for me, it starts and ends with that, right? Because now, like, a guy like Jason Collins, as an example, isn't so, like, bad on D, right? Like, he could... You know, he should be able to block a little bit. He could stand with his man. Small ball four, small ball five, it's not so great, right? But it is amplified when you have Trey Young. Because now if you have Trey Young, how the hell are you playing Young and Collins together? You can't have another weak link defensively or either moderate weak link defensively because Young is such a big weak link, big weak link defensively. Same thing goes with Bogdanovich. If you have Young and Bogdanovich together, also a problem. So now i got to worry about the rotation, who I'm playing with, who and all that. If you have Young, Bogdanovich, and Collins, massive problem. Okay. Now you have to look at market inefficiencies constantly in the NBA as a GM. And you have to look at, is there a moment in time when I have a guy in my team, regardless of, of, of the local PR around him, is such a massive market value boom that's so much bigger than the book value. So if you look at market value versus book value, how good is Young really? Again, like I'd argue, this is my point that I want to bring up. I'll give you two players, Drew Holiday and, and Trey Young. This is my point. Trey Young has got, if, if the Bucks wanted to get Trey Young, let's say, just like, and the Hawks were willing to deal him, they would never be able to move Holiday for Young. They would have to trade way more. It would probably be a, a package that was both, let's call it, Holiday and Middleton. I'm not saying the Bucks do this, but that's like the value of him, right? At least, maybe Holiday and Middleton for Young works. So that's massive. You're talking about two flirty all-star guys. So guys that, like, you know, could be, you know, it's a coin flip to make an all-star team. Two 50% all-stars. Now, if the Hawks ever made that move... Right, the Bucks would never do it just because of like the PR of the team, whatever. But this is my point: if they made a move and they got those kind of guys, two-way guys like that, they would be title contenders instantly. Instantly, they'd be way better with with with, with Holiday and uh, Middleton. Okay, way better. Their book value is way better. So that that's my point: is while Young is good, his book value is not nearly as good as his market. But his market value is outrageous. 
he's valued at a, at a two. His book value is is a one. Let's say you can get twice the value if you moved him in the correct manner. And that's the way Atlanta should probably think. If I'm Atlanta, look, they're going to play it out, but like you have to be realistic about the teams in front of you, like Milwaukee, Boston, and if Brooklyn's healthy, Milwaukee, Boston are definitely better than you. So now you're three. Philly's probably better. You get four. Brooklyn's likely five. And then it keeps kind of going down based on these, you know, scenarios of these other teams. Chicago being one, right? Um, so you have to be a little nervous, Toronto being another. And I, I don't think it's the craziest concept. Now, the problem is you can't deal into like the Knicks. There's certain deals. I know it sounds crazy to even think about trading Trey Young. But I think if Atlanta has a down year, and they lose in the first round, which is the likelihood, then Schlenk will either get fired. What's probably going to happen is just going to fire the coach, and they're just going to kick the can. That's probably what's going to happen. But a smart team gets ahead of this and is like, I don't know if Young is the right guy. I get the PR stuff. We got to uh, you know, put butts in the seats and all that. But winning sells more tickets than anything else. And I'm not, I don't even know what the right move is. I have to think about it further. There has to be other teams that you know, come around and also get desperate. I think Chicago's an interesting team to look at, okay? And then, you know, just kind of kind of move from there. I, I I think that's the more prudent approach. Um, the bigger question is, is that the approach they're going to take. Who knows? Atlanta, to me, is destined for this, like, six to nine slot in life forever. And it's not going to change until they move young. That's my problem.